Hey guys, welcome to day nine, day nine of our Christmas Advent reading. Uh, today, the title of our reading is By Any Means Necessary, By Any Means Necessary. And if you've got your Bible, you'll want to get your Bible and go to Genesis 38. We're also going to look at Matthew chapter one. You say, wait a minute, New Testament now. I thought we were 20 days in Old Testament. Well, we're going to look at the genealogy there uh, with that of Jesus. And then also we're going to look all the way over to Revelation 5 and verse 5. So Genesis 38, we're going to read the whole chapter uh, as part of our reading today. And then we'll uh, read Matthew 1, 2, and then we'll read Revelation 5 and verse 5. Uh, Genesis 38 uh, begins with it's Judah and Tamar. And it came about that at the time that Judah departed from his brothers and visited a certain um, Adolamite, whose name was Hira, that Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Ashua. And he took her and went into her. And she, so she conceived and bore a son and he, and he named him Er. Then he conceived again and bore a son and named him Onan. And she bore still another son and named him Shelah. And it was at Chezeb that she bore him. Now Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord took his life. Then Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and perform your duty as a brother-in-law to her and raise up offspring for your brother. And Onan, verse 9, Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So it came about that when he went into his brother's wife, that he wasted his seed on the ground in order not to give offspring to his brother. But what he did was displeasing in the sight of the Lord. So he took his life also. And then Judah said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up. For he thought, I am afraid that he too may die like his brother. So Tamar went and lived in her father's house. Now, after a considerable time, Shua's daughter, the wife of Judah, died. And when the time of mourning was ended, Judah went up to his sheep shearers at Tim Timnah, he and his friend Hera the Adamite. And it was told to Tamar, Behold, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she removed her widow's garments and covered herself with a veil and wrapped herself and sat at the gateway of Enam, Enam which is on the road to Timnah. And uh, for she saw that Shelah was, had grown up and that she had not been given to him as a wife. And when Judah saw her, she, uh, he thought she was a harlot for she had covered her face. So he turned aside to her by the road and said, here now, let me come into you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law and said, what will you give me that you may come into me? And he said, therefore, I will send you a kid from the flock. She said, moreover, will you give a pledge until you send it? And he said, what pledge shall I give you? 
And she said, your seal and your cord and your staff that is in your hand. So he gave it to them, to them to her and went into her and she conceived by him. Then she arose and departed and removed her veil and put on her widow's garments. And when Judah sent the kid by his friend to the Adamite to receive the pledge from the woman's hand, he did not find her. And he asked the men of her place saying, where is the temple prostitute who was by the road at Enam? And they, but they said, there has been no temple prostitute here. And so he returned to Judah and said, I did not find her. And furthermore, the men of the place said, there has been no temple prostitute here. Then Judah said, let her keep them. Lest we become a laughing stock. After all, I sent this kid, but you did not find her. Now, verse 24. Now it was about three months later that Judah was informed, your daughter-in-law Tamar has played the harlot, and behold, she is also with child by harlotry. Then Judah said, bring her out and let her be burned. It was a while, it was while she was being brought out that she sent to her father-in-law saying, I am with child by the man to whom these things belong. And she said, please examine and see whose signet ring and cords and staff these are. And Judah recognized them and said, she is more righteous than I. And as much as I do not, I, I did not give her to my son Shelah. And he did not have relations with her again. And it came about at the time, verse 27, she was given birth that behold, there were twins in her womb. Moreover, it took place that while she was given birth, one put out a hand and the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand saying, this one came out first. But it came about as he drew back his hand that behold, his brother came out. Then she said, what a breach you have made of for yourself. So he named him Perez. And afterward, his brother came out who had the scarlet thread on his hand and his name was Zara. Okay, a lot of stuff going on, crazy stuff. Uh, stuff we're gonna talk about in, in a minute. Now let's flip over to Matthew. Matthew chapter one, Matthew chapter one. And let's read, I'm flipping with you if you're flipping with me. Um, Matthew chapter one, and let's read verse two. So Abraham was born Isaac, to, and, I, and to Isaac, Jacob, and to Jacob, Judah, and his brothers, all right? So we're seeing some, some commonality here now, all right? So that's Matthew chapter 1 and verse 2. Now watch Revelation chapter 5, all right? Let's go over there. I've got place markers in my Bible, so I'm trying to set those to the side. Revelation chapter 5. And then we'll begin our reading. Revelation 5 and verse, and let's start with, um, let's start with verse 4. And it began, and I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, y'all. Remember, that's the crazy stuff we was just reading in Genesis 38. The root of David has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And so that's our reading, our Bible reading for day nine. And now let's begin our reading here within our book, uh, The Things Concerning Himself. It's not a love story. 
If you think your family is crazy, then you really, you really need to pay attention to the family of Jesus. Today, we're, uh, we took a look at Genesis 38. This chapter is really confusing and pretty dark. For the sake of those who might be using this to read to your children, uh, we, we are going to handle this one in a very sensitive way. The truth of the matter that shines, listen to this, through is that our world is full of sin and sinful people and that will never stop God from keeping his promises. Notice that, will never in the lineage of Jesus, as recorded in Matthew 1, and we read that, there are five women mentioned in the family line of Jesus. During this season, we are going to take a day to think, uh, to think through each one of their parts in God's plan for our salvation. Now we will turn our attention to the unlikely couple of Judah and Tamar. Messed up, y'all. Here we go. Skipping branches. As you remember, God planned to have Judah be the tribe that would produce the kings. And since Jesus was going to be born the king of kings, that means that Judah is going to be his great, 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 great grandfather. So when we see that Judah has a son named Ur, we automatically assume that he is going to be in the line also. However, the Bible just has one sentence about him. And that's found in Genesis 38, verse 7. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. Oh, no. Now what? Well, in Jewish culture, that had a custom where, uh, they had a custom where if the oldest son died without having a baby, then the wife would marry her dead husband's brother so that they could continue the family line. This might sound really weird to us, but that is the way that they did it back then. In the Old Testament days, the second son's name was Onan. And I hope I'm saying these names right. However, Onan didn't like his setup at all. He didn't want his brother to get credit for his son. So he wouldn't keep up this custom and get, and you guessed it, God put him to death too. This is where Judah got really concerned. He only had three sons and his first two had died after being married to Tamar. So he wouldn't let his third son get married to her. He told Tamar that she needed to just stay single. And this is where our story gets real crazy. Tamar was not content to just stay single. She wanted to have a child to carry on the family name. And so she tricked Judah. She tricked Judah into having a baby with her by disguising herself as someone else. And then three months later, Judah found out that she was pregnant and he was so angry and was going to have her put to death until she let him know that he himself was actually the father. Whoa, talk about a surprise. And yes, if you read 38, that's what's going to happen. He then realized that he had sinned before God and didn't try to have her punished at all. We shouldn't be surprised. Isn't it just like God to accomplish his plans in a way that we would never have guessed? As God makes it clear in Isaiah 55, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He is thinking on a different plane altogether, and he sees all of time from the beginning to the end. And whenever we find ourselves thinking that he isn't what we would have done, this was what we wouldn't have done, we shouldn't be surprised, not even for a second. Lucy's lesson. Anytime you start to think, but what if? We should remember that we don't get to know uh, the 
We, we don't get to know what might have happened. God doesn't have to tell us this. Look at this quote from Prince Caspian. And I love those. Those are great, great movies. Um, Narnia. He says, but what would have, what if, let's see, but what would have been the good? Aslan said nothing. You mean, said Lucy rather faintly, that it would have turned out all right somehow, but how? Please, Aslan, am I not to know? To know what would have happened, child, said Aslan. No, nobody is ever told that. There is no more clear, this is no more clear than when we look through the lives of those in the line of Jesus. Reflection. This is one of the craziest stories in all the Bible. There is sin, there's death, there's deception, but none of it is out of God's sovereign control. He is the Lord over all people, all times and all places. He makes promises and my God will keep every one of them. That's what I love about my God. My God is faithful in his promises. It is in times like this that we need to realize that God will be faithful by any means necessary. God made a promise that he would send a serpent-crushing king to provide salvation, and nothing that man can do will be able to frustrate it. Even when there are times where it looks like Judah has uh, con was content to cut off his family line completely, God wasn't. Take time today to pause and stand in awe of who God is. He is good, and you can trust him. Folks, our God is a good God. Our God is a faithful God. And our God is a God that can be trusted. So it's day nine. Man, I'll tell you, um, if, if you read God's word, what I love about it is just the, um, uh, the, the matter of fact, the, 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 truthful, uh, the, the truthfulness of it. Um, you know, if it was a made up book, None of that stuff would be written in there at all. Uh, they would have made man look way better than what than what man looks. Uh, I love my Bible. I love the truth of my Bible. Guys, let's get in God's Word daily. I hope you've enjoyed today. Uh, it's been a long reading, but it's been good to see that my God is faithful. I'll put the questions in the comments. Y'all have a great afternoon. God bless you.